0: Well, howdy there, partner. I'm your beautiful, devastatingly uh, p- p- silly host, Meg. She likes black beans. She likes pinto beans. She likes refried beans. She likes navy beans. She likes kidney beans. She likes the big, giant white beans. She likes the little teeny tiny beans. She likes uh, a bongo beans. She likes uh, turtle beans. She likes beans. Lewis! Lewis! Ah, yes. Here we go. I'm about to say the thing I always say. This is Dribble's Weekly Podcast where I give you the design news you want to hear. Well, actually, probably not this week, to be honest. Plus, I'm going to give you the tips you need to create your very best work. In this episode, I uncover a TGI Fridays conspiracy. It's an international rebrand scandal. And I I'm going to graphic design hell because I finally learned about Milton Glaser's iconic career and get inspired by his mother's spaghetti recipe. And, and, interior and lifestyle designer Ashley Ochiaga boops on in to talk about personal style, space design, and support systems. Uh... That's exactly what it feels like to have to scroll through yet another Slack channel to find what you need to find. Worse, when you've got a client who expects an update right now and it's straight up not there. There's that, and then there's Basecamp. The all-in-one place to keep all your stuff and run your design company the calm way. Ah, They've got a super dope client feature that's unlike any other project management software out there. You just pick only what you want to share in the project and boom! Client feels warm and fuzzy, and you don't have to waste your time. So start working the calm way today for free at Basecamp.com. So the last few weeks have been a lot of really important news topics happening, especially in design news, also all over the world. And my job here is to report on the news, so I always like to do what I'm supposed to do and report on the news. And while I was perusing all of my news sources that I check every week to decide what stories I want to talk about this week, I stopped in my tracks because I found a brand redesigned for a brand that is one of the most iconic brands of my life, TGI Fridays. And yes, there are more important things happening in the world, but This is my podcast and I get to choose what's on here. (laughs) So I want to talk about this TGI Fridays brand redesign. And I may have stumbled into some kind of conspiracy happening because the brand redesign of TGI Fridays UK is new. Whereas the brand of TGI Fridays US is not new. And what gets even Weirder and more interesting is that what happened with TGI Fridays UK is shocking news. They dropped the TGI in TGI Fridays. It's just Fridays. It's just when you go on to TGI Fridays dot co dot UK. They haven't changed the URL. The logo just says Fridays. And I believe that the tab at the top says Fridays restaurant. Oh, my gosh. So. Something is happening in the UK where they're not thankful anymore that it's Friday. It's just Fridays. I don't know what that means. I am probably overthinking it. Maybe the US will change soon. So if you go to tgi-fridays.com US version, you see the classic TGI Fridays logo that they've had for a few years now. It says TGI Fridays in a black Sans Serif font, there is like a red stripey diagonal situation happening around the border. It really screams, thank God it's Friday. It really lets you know that when you're going into their restaurant, you're going to feel like that sort of Friday, how exciting vibe. You know, you've been to one, you know what it feels like? Very thrilling. But when you go to tgifridays.co.uk, the new logo appears. It just says Fridays, and it has this weirdly ornate border um, with, like, two little bumps on it. So just imagine a rectangle that's kind of scalloped inwards on the corner. And then in the middle between the D and the A and Fridays are two nubs. You know, I love a couple of nubs. So I'm really into this logo, but I really want to know what happened to the TGI. I feel like I'm already talking about this too long. I don't think anybody loves TGI Fridays as much as I do. But again, it's my podcast. (laughs) Start your own podcast. You can talk about whatever you want there. Anyway, I think this is very fascinating. One of the older, I don't know what the original TGI Fridays logo is, but one of the older logos used to have this ornate border. And I believe if you just Google TGI Fridays, you'll see that original-ish logo with the ornate border. So it seems like they're trying to bring that back with this new one, um, but it's just black and white. There are no red and white stripes involved in the logo itself. But they have absolutely incorporated it into the brand system because if you go to tgifridays.co.uk, you will understand what I mean. It's very black and white and then you get those bold red and white stripes. Very exhilarating to me. Again, like every single brand redesign review that I do, I love part of it. I don't love other parts of it. I just really have more questions than answers about what's happening in the UK right now. Why are they not thankful that it's Friday? Um, they're just kind of stating a fact by saying, Fridays, welcome to Fridays. Do you like Fridays? This is Fridays. Rather than, thank God, thank God it's Friday. That really is an optimistic outlook on life. And Fridays just really, it's stating a neutral point. And that neutral point is suspicious to me. Okay, it's time to make a slightly embarrassing confession for you. And that is that I had a kind of a non-traditional design education and the fact that I didn't really get a bachelor's degree in graphic design of any kind. I never took a design history class. No one ever taught me who the titans of graphic design are. So I've heard a lot of these names and have never really taken the time to learn who they are, which is probably not the best admission. Uh, But now I think that we're, you know, reassessing history and and who, you know, defines rules and all of that. I feel okay because now I'm going to start relearning history and make sure that I relearn all sides of history. But anyway, that's aside the point. What the point is today is Milton Glaser passed away, which I'm sure you knew because it was really big, big, big news in the design industry. And every single news outlet that I combed through to figure out what stories I wanted to cover this week really were including tributes to Milton Glaser's work and career and sharing their favorite pieces and memorable moments from this like legend's huge, massive, very important career. And so I was like, oh, shoot, I don't know who that is. So I had to, <laughs> I had to look it up. I don't want to laugh because he did pass away, which is very, very sad. So I did want to look it up. So I just want to kind of let you know what I found in case you're like me and you also didn't really know who he was. I had heard of his name many times, many, many times. I knew about the I Heart New York thing. I knew that was a thing. So I looked him up and was like, "Oh wow, yes, very important person." So Milton Glaser uh designed of course the Isle of New York logo. Also did that beautiful psychedelic Bob Dylan poster that we've all seen. Like it's just saying that you probably can picture it. And then also did the logos for like DC Comics. What? Um Milton founded co-founded rather a studio called Pushpin Studios and I didn't know this. Milton co-founded New York Magazine. What? A designer? Wow. So Milton's career was absolutely huge and even gotten a National Medal of the Arts from Obama in 2009. That's a big deal. And so I've really become kind of obsessed with learning about this career that I probably should have learned about a long time ago. That's my bad. I will admit to that. Oopsie daisy, but I'm just kind of infatuated with what's going on here, and especially with all of these publications uh, posting their favorite stories and work, and just taking a look back on this amazing career that Milton Glazer has had. And I've really just been deep diving into all of this, and I don't know if this should be my favorite, but one of my fa- <laughs> my absolute favorite, honestly, thing that anyone has posted yet is a piece from AIGA Ion Design, which I often talk about pieces from um, because I think they're generally quite thoughtful and, you know, I love, I do love them. But they had a piece called That's Amore, Milton Glazer's Very Special Family Spaghetti Recipe, a gift straight from the Design Legends Recipe Book. And I saw this one and was like, okay, this is great. So I read through this article that AIGA Ion Design posted um, shortly after Milton's passing, where they were just kind of looking back on their work with Milton over the years. Um, it, I think it was last year they interviewed him for a, their magazine. And in that interview, he revealed his family recipe for spaghetti that is very close to his heart that his mother used to feed him when he was a kid and growing up. Oh my gosh. And Milton says, quote, if I asked my mother for spaghetti, this is what I would get. She would cook it on a conventional stove in our little three-room apartment in the Bronx. It didn't require sophisticated instruments or appliances. You could easily make it at any time because you usually had all the ingredients around you, which sounds great for my lifestyle. So I did what um, humans with eyeballs do best, and I read the recipe. Okay, so let me break it down for you because Milton Glazer, clearly an important human, has the spaghetti recipe that is just epic and legendary because you take a pound package of boxed Muller spaghetti or any i don't know milton says muller's spaghetti we'll go muller's spaghetti and then a whole a whole half bottle of heinz tomato ketchup this is brand specific okay you know i love brands tgi fridays um and then you blob in a half pound of Velveeta cheese Ooh, creamy, cheesy. And then last but not least, a half pound of chicken fat. And let me just tell you that I was a vegetarian for nine years of my life. And I'm no longer a vegetarian as of a couple years ago. So I don't know because most of my adult life I didn't eat meat. I don't know enough. I don't know very much about meat. So I actually have no idea what chicken fat looks like. Uh, can you go to the store and just say I'll have a half a pound of just the fat? I don't know. What does it look like? Is it does? It, is it look like a blob? Is it soft to the touch? Is it hard? I'm not sure. Actually, looking on the article from AIGA Ion Design, there is an image of a an object that looks kind of like um like a slice of focaccia with uh, uh, Asiago cheese on top. That might be the chicken fat, or maybe that's just a slice of focaccia, which is not mentioned in this recipe, so I'm confused. Um, But I'm going to assume that a half a pound of chicken fat looks very similar to a slice of focaccia bread with some asiago sprinkled on top of it. Okay, so basically Milton says, first put one pound package of Muller spaghetti in a large pot of rapidly boiling water, and then allow that to cook for 45 minutes to an hour? (gasps) Or until most of the water has been evaporated, so it's kind of like you're cooking rice? I have never. Wow. Okay, and then you add a half a bottle of Heinz tomato ketchup and a half pound of Velveeta cheese. I'm following. Okay, so the spaghetti absorbs all the water and then you add all that. And then Milton says, continue cooking until all the contents have amalgamated. And then you allow to cool and demold mold from the pot. It's molded to the pot at this point because it's all hard. Wow. Okay. And then you divide into one-inch slices and fry in the chicken fat so it's going to be crispy. Okay. This is, you got to try it. Okay. So you have the recipe because I just read it to you, but also go check out the recipe on AIG Ion AI Design and possibly if you read their magazine, which is called, um, I on design magazine <laughs> the gossip issue is where Milton's giving an interview. It's from last year, and that recipe is also in that issue. So everybody learn history, don't be like me, learn your history, know why you make the design decisions you make and who's the one that you know created the rules that you've been following throughout your career. Do not be like me and be oblivious to history. So I'm gonna get back and keep reading these articles and then I'm gonna make myself some crunchy spaghetti. Hmm. As you know, personal style and self-discovery are two topics that I love talking about. And I'm constantly searching for other designers who speak about these things so I can take a little peek into someone else's perspective. And we're in luck because today, interior and lifestyle designer Ashley Ochiaga is here with us To talk about all things personal style, interior design, lifestyle design, and her brand, Fancy Meeting You Here. It's Ashley Ochiaga. Hey, Ashley. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Meg? I'm doing okay. I just can't stop asking people that question. I feel like I'm setting everybody up for a... Uh, sort of a psych moment, but it's uh-huh. you're doing good considering the world is falling apart.
1: <laughs> All things considered, I think that's almost like the in silent as far as how it's, uh, um, you know, that's how it's articulated is that. all things considered things are good
0: things are good that's right that's a really good point so you are by trade you are a space and lifestyle designer you also have a brand called fancy meeting you here which is wonderful because you've created an environment where which helps people to basically explore themselves and grow both visually but also as humans which are all things that i love and definitely want to talk to you about so quickly Tell
1: us about your journey with design and really where you're at right now. Absolutely. So I will do kind of the very quick, what happened to get me to where I am. I have always been drawn to interior design and, as a kid, I was always drawn to going to the hardware store and picking out paint swatches and sketching my room layouts and really leaning into that. But I also always thought about fashion design. And so I just constantly debated like, is one more practical than the other? Um, being that I'm a first-generation American, I definitely feel like you a common thing you'll see is kids will either do engineering, healthcare, or law. And so for me to say I wanted to do design, I basically was extra determined to succeed because so many people were doubting me or thinking like, that's wild. Why would you do that? So yeah, here we are now. I've graduated back in May, 2015 from the U of M uh, College of Design here in Minnesota. And uh, I've been working in the industry as a commercial interior designer with my NCIDQ certification and doing my whole side business thing as well. So it's been really a fun journey and The determination, I think, just kept pushing me to say, I am going to prove you wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That's so great. I feel like humans go one of two ways whenever they're, you
0: know, faced against adversity or people are pushing against what they want to do and who they want to be. It's either you let the fear... Uh, prevent you from moving or you let the fear drive you into doing and, you know, saying like, I got to prove this. Um, so I'm glad we are all very thankful that you did the latter. I, yes, me too. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so as you have moved through your career as an interior designer, primarily, I'm definitely noticing that you're branching into other areas, which I'm very excited about. So yes. have you found that fitting into one specific label or sort of specializing or niching down into a thing has held you back or has it
1: helped you thrive? I love this question because I think that it's a balance of both. Like, I think that this journey to, um, especially with FMYH and bringing it to life, it's like fear of wanting to not come off as like, I'm dabbling too far into too many things because then it's like, well, what's this girl about? What does she actually do? But on the flip side, like I've been told that, People expect you to have one expertise and they're not going to trust you <laughs> if you have others. But to me, I just truly believe space and lifestyle really play off of each other and one impacts the other. So I'm looking at that intersection and um, how you know you can do the work on the inside and also how the space outside of you supports that and vice versa. Fascinating.
0: I completely agree. So you definitely, when it comes to wardrobe, interior design and all of that, you have, and especially with your brand design, um, you have definitely a strong personal style, which I love. And how would you say that for you and also for other people, like how is having a strong personal style beneficial?
1: Oh, it's, it's great. I mean, because I think that it's just a part of your identity. And I think like the biggest thing for me is about self-expression. And growing up, I always tried to, I, I remember with one of my best friends growing up, we would sit down every summer and be like, okay, we're planning out our individual styles for this school year and almost <laughs> reinventing and reinventing. And I think that for us, it was like two black girls that were like, we want to go to Hot Topic and buy banties, but we're scared because people are going to mock us. And this is before you even saw like, it was just a lot of like, assumptions of what certain people should wear so I think that from an early age I knew that clothing in particular and even my space of my room design really helped me lean into myself and the more you do that and the more you can feel confident in your own skin the more you can better just like go out there and do it and let people see you for who you are and I think that's the magic these days as everyone rushes into wanting to start their own thing it's like don't emulate who someone else is really deepen into figuring out who you are and what your unique, you know, message is.
0: Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And I think you're a really great living embodiment of that. And I think the magic, too, of of being yourself very originally and outwardly is that hopefully, I mean, you're definitely going to inspire other people to be like you. But I would hope that it also really inspires people to see you being yourself And, uh, you know, a person that's unlike anybody they've ever seen, and that would hopefully then inspire them to do the same for them, which I think is really important work that you're doing.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And that's my hope. And I loved one of the questions that you sent over just thinking about, like, when people are developing personal style, should it be an individual journey or should it be like more of a group journey? And I think that that balance point is, again... having friends who you can experiment with and who can push you and and encourage you and say, yeah, dude, do that. You can do that skirt (laughs) or whatever it is. Um, I think that that's good. And on the flip side, you don't want to be so tight into that group that if you deviate from what that group deems acceptable, that you don't, you feel uncomfortable. So you retract back. So I think it's all about like just mixing your friend group up too, so that you have exposure to different people um, and just different inspiration.
0: Yeah. That's a very good point about keeping communities and groups of friends because i i don't know about you but i've i've certainly struggled throughout my life to find those right people that made Mm -hmm. me feel supported and encouraged no matter who i wanted to be and i know that that's such a crucial first step is to finding one person two people Mm -hmm. a small group of friends or just a community in any way that makes you feel safe enough to explore seriously who you are and what you want that to look like it's so important yeah absolutely yeah So whenever you are, you know, helping other people to feel unstuck or discover who they are, finding a personal style for them in some way, do you think, have you found that there's a step-by-step plan of any kind that works for everyone? Or do you feel like you have to tailor it to each individual person?
1: You know... As with everything, there's like that sweet spot balance. I and mean, I sound like a broken record, but I just believe that. I, I like to start with a self-discovery sort of session slash inventory, and that's really to just lay everything out. Get all of the feelings that you're holding inside, whether they're ones you've never shared with anyone or just the things that you are on the top of your mind, and getting those out on the table, and then unpacking it further and further and further, and trying to figure out like, where are the thorns in people's sides and how do we extract those and even figure out like why they're there to help flip assumptions. Um, Because I think that that's all about the idea of helping to fix self esteem. And like, by no means, am I a, a expert in that side of it, but what I like to do is apply design thinking to the experience of like your lifestyle design and creating the life you want. So um, a, a, one common question is often like when you were younger, what did you want to be? What did you gravitate towards and what brought you joy and how do you find that core human? Is it still there or, you know, have has it evolved and how do you tap back into it?
0: Oh my gosh, absolutely. You just hit right on some of the things that I always point to is I'm always just trying to get people to assess what's always been true about themselves since right. they were a kid, because that's most likely going to remain true for you as you get older too. And those are the things that have stayed within you, no matter what has changed around you, which I think is really impactful, but we're taught to suppress a lot of those things. Cause those are the things that make
1: us different. It's such a bummer. Yeah, it is. It truly is. Because I, I significantly believe that the individual, sp- that, that's your magic. And so many people are taught that, Oh, Nope. I can't put that out there. And then they do themselves a disservice and they end up like working for somebody else and adapting to what that person wants. And I just, I don't know, the more you lean into yourself, you have like this beautiful mix of chemistry that makes you, you and the life experiences as well. So yeah, I think the biggest trick has just been leaning into that. And and I've noticed that the more I lean into it, the more people are like, oh, what's she doing over there? I'm interested in this project. How can I get involved? Versus when I'm really tuned into, like, how do I cater to this audience and get them to like me? You know, that's when I don't see the engagement or I don't see the interest. So it's really interesting. That is fascinating. And I've also
0: found that to be very true. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for being here. Where can everybody find you on the
1: internet? Yes. Well, you can find me at fmyh.co. That stands for fancy meeting you here. Um, That's probably the best hub to just find a little bit of everything in my world. Um, And you can see everything from the FMYH club schedule for the rest of 2020, where we do intersectional conversations virtually uh, to my blog, um, to my creative services. And it's always evolving just like me, but it's a good place to find me. Otherwise, you know, the gram is another good spot. Fancy Ashley 3 underscores in between. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you Ashley. Thank you so much. It was great to talk to you, Meg.
0: Hmm. Mm. Ah that's it for this week's episode of dribble overtime if you liked this conversation about personal style well, ashley actually has a video chat group session happening july 15th and it's all about space lifestyle i rsvp'd immediately so i'll see you there go to fmyh.co to rsvp yourself i me Meg lewis also have an online class on finding your personal style and the registration is open now the class is four weeks it starts next monday it's led by me and actually this one this class only is 40% off this time because I know how much everyone myself included is struggling during this pandemic I also have scholarships if you want to take the class but just can't justify the price totally understand so go to fulltimeu.co to learn more and this episode has been great one of my top faves personally Um, thank you for letting me giggle about TGI Fridays I mean fridays excuse me milton glazer's crunchy spaghetti, and let's not forget the actual useful and insightful conversation that i had with ashley okay bye buddy hear me next week